Welcome to the ProcureTech podcast, where we aim to excite and inspire you about how technology will shape our profession's future. I'm your host, James Meads, and I worked in corporate procurement for 16 years before starting my own business as a content creator and consultant in the procurement technology space. I'm deeply convinced that procurement must become less technocratic and embrace the entrepreneurial spirit and creativity if we're ever going to shake off our image of being a process-obsessed, box-ticking function. You definitely won't find vanilla content on here, and we're not afraid to tackle some controversial topics and tell it like it really is. So if that's your thing, now let's jump right into this week's episode. Yes, hello, and a very warm welcome to another episode of the ProcureTech podcast. We are the official podcast of procurementsoftware.site, where you can search, filter, and find over 400 procurement technology solutions, all completely free of charge and in less time than it takes to boil an egg. And as you listen to this, we've just launched our new course. You can get completely free 25-minute introduction to digital procurement if you're maybe curious and want to know a little bit more before you start reaching out to solutions providers. If you want to grab that completely free, just go to store.procurementsoftware.site and you can pick it up from there. I'd love to get your feedback on whether it was useful to you. But now on to this week's episode. And today we're going to have a discussion about one of my favorite topics, which is procurement in the mid-market and some of the challenges that we face when it comes to digitization in that sector. So there's no one better to come on and talk about this than actually a partner of a consulting firm uh, who deals with that market pretty much exclusively uh, amongst their client base. So Hans Boot from Procurement Excellence Group, a very warm welcome. Hi, James. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. So let's give this a little bit of context. If you could perhaps just first give a quick introduction to who Duokdenkenforna and Procurement Excellence Group are, because you're part of an alliance of of three consulting firms in that space. And then we can sort of move on from there and dig into a little bit about what is the mid-market and, and what are some of the challenges specifically in, in Germany or in Western Europe where most of your clients are based. Yeah, perfect. First, something about me, um, Hans Boot. Um, I've been working in procurement since, I uh, know, 16 years. Uh, I came from a six, six, six Sigma area, then came to went to manufacturing, manufacturing consultancy, and then uh, I've been a CPO for like twelve years. Now I'm a partner at Durchdenken Vorne, like I said, uh, since two thousand nineteen. Durchdenken Vorne is a, a small consultancy procurement consultancy group. We have been there since thirteen years, something like two thousand ten, um, founded by Frank Zunemann, and um, yeah, we are dealing with a lot of little and mid-sized um, companies in Austria, uh, Switzerland, and Germany most of the time. Um, most of those companies are making like a turnover from five till 500 million or 600 million. Euro, right? Euro, Just for, yeah. for the international, yeah, for the international listeners. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, it's not a big difference to two dollars, but uh, yeah, in euros. <laughs> and we we like founded the Procurement Access Group beginning of or end of last year. And Procurement Access Group is Durchdenken Vorne Consult, also Einwerk, who is more focusing on headhunting or recruiting. 
Uh, and the other one is uh, Gunzel Consulting from Munich. And they are a little bit the same like we. So uh, doing a lot of consultancy, interim management, uh, trainings, uh, coachings, um, keynotes, podcasts, articles, everything. So it's a, <laughs> it's a great mixture of, uh, yeah, all of those stuff, all the stuff in procurement. And I've, I've started, I noticed in Fauna already since eight or nine years because I did a lot of projects with them also on digital software or on uh, operational procurement optimization. Um, so I know that company for a while and then I, I joined them in 2019. And now I'm focusing a lot on um, organizational development, digitization of processes, indirect costs, um, risk management, all this stuff. Got it. So you're originally from the Netherlands and you've lived in Germany for a long time. And I also lived in Germany for 12 years until I decided that I, I didn't want to <laughs> survive the, the German winter and <laughs> and deal with all the cold weather. <laughs> yeah, I'm a global citizen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Born in Netherlands. Yeah, I mean, we both look at it from the outside in a little bit. So for, for anyone who is not from Germany and is perhaps not familiar with German business culture, could you perhaps just give a brief summary of, you know, some of the things that they do really, really well? And then also, you know, some of the challenges that you face, especially in the eyes of, of a small boutique procurement consultancy in terms of, you know, what you typically deliver and where some of the challenges are once you sort of get into those businesses and find out how they operate. Yeah. Well, like you said, I'm, I'm, I'm as, a, as a Dutch guy, I also did a lot of projects in Holland, uh, but also in uh, America or in uh, Italy or Norway or Denmark. So um, I see all the others, other countries. I lived in Hawaii uh, for half of a year. I lived in Dublin half a year. Yeah. Wow. So um, I am um, for my studies. So I know a lot of other countries. What it's typical for Germans is that that they're really strict on rules. So they all have rules, not only in the politics, but also in uh, in their companies. They are strict, very strict on that. They are very good in um, yeah conducting like projects and have a structure on their projects and setting goals and just follow their goals and they uh, just do it like they uh, defined in the beginning of a project. Um, but what I always see is that they are not always thinking of like modern processes and they don't like, well, not all of them, but many of them don't like changes. Um, so they never like the same. They have sometimes the same suppliers in 20 years, 30 years, which is not, not, not bad. But uh, if you don't look on the on the other like on other countries and uh, look on markets in in like Eastern Europe or in Asia or Americas, then it's quite you can be quite sure that you don't have the like the, the best prices or the best processes. Uh, so they are they are too they are strict and and looking on rules, but they are not a big fan of change management. Yeah, and change management is, of course, hard for us consultancies because consultants, they don't want to fix or stick to the, the things you have already, but we want to change something. We want to improve something. And then, of course, it's hard to, to convince them that they need to improve, that they need to set, set up a new procurement department or automize their procurement processes or whatever. So change management is, uh, yeah, is not always very easy uh, in Germany or Austria or Switzerland. Not as 
get work out. Yeah, I would I would echo that as well. Yeah, thank you. I would echo that as well, just from from my experiences. I, I mean, I didn't work as a consultant in Germany, but I worked in in some corporate jobs while I was there for for much bigger companies, I have to say. But I mean, I think what you said really resonates. I mean, German companies and, and German speaking companies, if we include Austria and Switzerland as well, they're very, very good at thinking long term, whereas I think, you know, North American and British companies are quite bad at that. You know, they're very much driven by the next quarter's results oftentimes, which, which yeah, can be a hindrance. I, yeah. And I found them, there's a lot of talk around SRM now and being customer of choice. And I do think that culturally that region is very, very good at building and fostering long term supplier relationships. But like you, like you said on the flip side, change is tough and and there are a lot of embedded processes and for anyone casually that's been to Germany as a tourist maybe and has gone to pay a restaurant bill with a credit card and they only take cash that's probably like the the quit the, the quintessential experience of that in a nutshell yeah, yeah. it changed it, it changed a lot the last couple of years yeah i noticed that actually when i was in berlin this year that a lot more places take credit cards or or or, uh, or bank cards than they used to so so with that in mind you know the resistance to change and change management being a slow process in those companies i mean you you have to be brought in by somebody you don't just appear there magically on their front doorstep so <laughs> so who, yeah. who who is it that's typically bringing you in is it the is it the cpo is it the ceo where is typically that drive coming from yeah it's either the, the cpo because we are dealing of course with procurement departments or it could also be the boss of the cpo which is either the coo the cfo or the ceo but most of the times we're dealing with the um, with the CPOs or procurement managers, and sometimes they contact us because they need uh, help or support in their procurement, or sometimes their bosses want them to contact us because they need help. And if if we like contact um, depart or co- companies, then we also mostly go to either the CPO or the CEO. Which of course the CEO is at the end the one who can take the decision and also perhaps has the budget for a procurement uh, project. Um, but normally it's the procurement department. Okay. So oftentimes then it will be, I suspect, a, a new CPO that's come into the organization and that wants to bring about change faster than what he or she may be able to bring about organically on their own. Yes, yeah, not well, that's what I thought when I started at Durchdenk Forn or Procurement Access Group. Um, of course, there are many uh, new CPOs. They just want to to have an external support um, or an external view on their procurement department. That's what I did also, just to to have like a analysis on my on my procurement department, because an external view is sometimes uh, better than an internal view. <laughs> but it's also often procurement managers that they they are like they are there since five, six, seven, eight years, and they. They just need an, uh, someone who's neutral uh, and not from the inside and who's uh, just helping them to g- take the next step. So most of the time, I would say it's not a new CPO, but it's a CPO that has been there since a couple of years and now just wants to see, okay, what did I, is it good what I'm doing? Is my procurement department uh, modern, professional or not? And especially la- the last four years or three years, because it didn't change too much the last three years. It was just firefighting. 
and they 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 saw that they had like a lot of improvement potential because that's what um, COVID and uh, the war and everything showed that uh, all those uh, supplier risks that they didn't have before, uh, well, not that um, that much as we have it now, and they just want to 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 have an external help on their procurement departments. So most of the times, these are CPOs that have been there since a couple of years, and just on on. They want to take the next step. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so they've they've got to a certain point and then they want to say, okay, what can we do additionally that we haven't really thought of? Okay. Um, when they bring you in, what do they typically... I mean, I know every company is going to be different, but, but what are the most common challenges or concerns that you hear when they bring you in or when you sign a contract with them? What What's typically the first challenge that they, that they want you to look at? Well, typically... Uh, from when I look on my projects, because we also have colleagues that are focusing more on, on sustainability. Um, so they do like a lot of sustainability supply chain act projects. And I'm doing a lot on projects on organizational development. And that's also one of the, the first challenges. They just want me to, to analyze their procurement department uh, and see whether they, there are improvement areas or not. So on the structure, on the processes, on the contracts they use, on the rules they have, on the master data in their systems. So typically, they start asking me um, to analyze their procurement department. And that's where when all the projects, or many projects, or many of mine projects start. With no, pro- of course, some, some have a goal. I want to have like a bigger strategic procurement. I want to optimize my processes. Or, or I would like to have, I don't get more people, but I want, I have more work than four years ago. So I need uh, the people that I have. Uh, they should be able to do the work uh, that we have or the, uh, the workload. But uh, they don't have too many goals in the beginning. In the beginning is just please analyze my procurement department uh, and support me in um, making it like uh, or taking the next step, setting up a professional department. Wow. So that's, I would say that's probably a big difference between that sector and enterprise organizations, because enterprise, usually they're pretty clear what they want to do when they bring a consultancy in. So, yeah. So that's a blessing and a curse, I guess, isn't it? Because on the one hand, you <laughs> have quite, quite a, quite a blank canvas in terms of, Potential improvements or, or suggestions that they that, that that you can deliver to them, but then on on the other hand, it sounds like they're not entirely sure what they really want from you at the beginning. Other than you know they've got a burning desire to get more out of their existing team. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit surprised by your answer. Actually, I thought maybe it would be something like talent optimization or digitization or something very, or even sustainability, as you mentioned, with the, with the Supply Chain Act in Germany that's, uh, that, that's come in this year. Yep. But it's, it sounds like you've got a much, a, a much wider mandate. I think the biggest reason for that is that uh, you see a lot of operational procurement departments in Germany or in Austria and Switzerland. So there are um, many departments are built up like you have like a couple of guys sitting there doing operational procurement, like ordering. And then you have the boss who is doing the strategic procurement. Um, and the smaller the companies are, the more often you see that kind of structure. If they like focusing on operational procurement, 
they do not have like a big uh, knowledge on supplier management, on risk management, on uh, commodity management, on sustainability and all that all that stuff. So that's why they just start very low. Just say, okay, I need I need to analyze my procurement. I need to see whether I can I'm able to improve it. So how should a modern professional procurement in 2023 look like? And that's of course different if you go to bigger. When I worked for Siemens, they already had like a strategic procurement. They had an e-procurement in place. It was like 20 years ago. You had like a contract manager, um, a big um, strategic procurement team. So they were um, built up. Their procurement was, was like more professional and more modern than uh, many mid-sized companies today. Interesting. So if you're, let's just imagine you're a procurement tech company, perhaps you're, you're a North American procurement tech company and you're looking to conquer the European market or expand to the European market. With that backdrop of very traditional companies, very well run and structured in terms of compliance and in terms of process, oftentimes, but very, very old fashioned in terms of you've still got a lot of headcount engaged in doing pretty transactional work, which could quite easily be outsourced or automated. With that backdrop, and it's a very open question, but how could a procurement tech company successfully penetrate that market? What what do you think, uh, I guess the, the question is, what do you think are the the... the biggest opportunities in terms of the different categories of of digital procurement tools when we look at the German, Austrian, Swiss market, especially for this sort of size of business? Yeah, well, first of all, I would, it's not easy uh, if you are like, if I would be like the boss of a procurement tech company, um, it would be, I think, much easier to to sell my 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 solution to Companies in in Americas or um, somewhere else because they are much open minded for for much more open minded for those uh, solutions. I think it would be very good to work together with like a consultancy because or you have your own consultancy and you are able to do like an uh, um, a procurement analysis. Um, because I think going to a German or Austrian or Switzer, uh, Swiss company saying, here, I have the solution you need, uh, will be very hard because they will just say, if I don't need it. Why should I take it? I have my, my guy sitting there and doing the ordering. So the costs are there. Um, so they don't have the pain to, to implement the digital software. Um, so that's why it would be always a good idea to start with the procurement analysis or an analysis on their departments. So it's, it's, it would be good to then work together with the consultancy who is doing the, the whole analysis. And then the consultancy bring you in. I had some, some uh, chats the last couple of weeks or months with some new companies who are trying to uh, settle on, on the procurement tech uh, or procurement tech software area or business. And I told them the same, starting with the tool and just tell them here, here's the tool here. It will save your life or it will save the world and will not be yeah, successful in many companies in, uh, in German speaking countries. You need first to 
to show them that they really need that solution. And you're only going to be able to do that from from an opportunity assessment, typically that a that an ex, that an external third party like a consultancy would would provide, because that I suspect what you're saying then is that that will that will show them where their gaps are, and that will give them the convincing argument that I'm just taking an example here, but that their that that their source to pay process could maybe free up one or two people to work on more strategic tasks if you can automate accounts payable or, uh, or, or requisition to PO uh, or, you know, let me think what else, or, or, or having some sort of contract management solution would reduce the dependence on, you know, having contracts stuffed in desk drawers and not knowing what clauses that you've got and having to use an external legal counsel, which ultimately can drive a saving if you've not got to engage them that much. So those type of examples will only come. I think what you said was very important. That if you, if you want to, to automize your processes, it's not about reducing people in procurement because most of the procurement departments are too small. Um, and yeah. if you then think of that, that many companies having like an operational procurement and uh, they only have like the boss or two people on strategic, then it's not about reducing people by automizing uh, the, the processes, but giving them free time to do more strategic part tools or tasks. And that's how a procurement tech company should also sell their software. They should say, okay, um, I'm not here to, to reduce your people. I'm here to give them time to do strategic tasks. And with those strategic tasks, they can improve the habit of the company. At the end, it's, it's, uh, I don't, I'm not using a digital software because I want to, uh, reduce my people or I want to just have a nice modern uh, process. I want my people to have more time on strategic tasks. And if they have more time on strategic tasks, they can improve the habit of the company. And that's, of course, the key goal of procurement. And the procurement tech software or a digital solution will help to improve your habit because you have more time to um, focusing on prices on uh, new suppliers, on quality, on lead times, all the stuff. It's just having more time for strategic tasks. So a software tool will improve your edit. Yeah, I've, I've never heard a head of procurement say that I've got too many people. <laughs> it doesn't happen, does it? It's uh, Never. They, uh, you often hear them saying that maybe they've got the wrong people in, in the wrong positions, yeah. or you maybe, hear, you maybe hear them say that I've got too many people that can't really change their mindset from an operational tactical role into a strategic role. But I've never heard of head of procurement say, my biggest problem is I've got too many people. No, and that's, uh, but, but they often have too many operational people, operational bias, who are not uh, focusing on the habit of the company or focus on lead times. Um, and that's, of course, yeah, that shouldn't be the case. But they have because they use paper, they use perhaps facts uh, still. They, <laughs> they um, use just a their ERP system um, for the ordering and then they got some order confirmation and they have two two screens. Just look on the left one is the order confirmation, right one is the order. Just um, say, okay, if, the, if everything is okay, yeah, click, click, click. And then uh, you need like 10 minutes for one order confirmation. Well, not 10, but uh, yeah. it's And then another um, issue, which is hard for, for consultancies, but also for, for procurement tech companies is that Many CEOs are coming from sales. So they are focusing on sales, on turnover and not on procurement. 
So I've been in one company and uh, I know that I want to have an SRM um, system because I wanted to optimize my processes. And I first had to do like a big project, analyzing my procurement, analyzing my processes, which I did with Durchdenk Forne Consult. I paid a lot of money for the whole uh, process analysis. And then at the end, I got, I think, 50,000 euro for, for a software tool. And at the same time, sales also wanted to have a CRM tool and they just had one meeting and they got 1 million. <laughs> so then you know, it, for sales, it's much easier to get money because they, are, they say, okay, our clients are like number one priority and we need to do turnover. But of course, you will not be able to do any turnover if your costs are too high or your lead times are too long or the quality is bad. So you need procurement um, to um, fulfill your goals. And then, of course, if sales and procurement work together, then you are able to do a good turnover with a good margin. Yeah. But many CEOs coming from sales or perhaps controlling or uh, engineering, but not from procurement. So convincing them to, to uh, analyzing their processes um, is not easy because they will just say, why? There's just some ordering, not that much work. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I think to spin this, to spin a positive note on this, I do think though that now I know that for 50,000 euros, you can actually go out now and buy procurement tech that does a pretty good job for if we're looking at the, okay, you're not going to go out and buy one of the big sort of legacy source to pay suites that are aimed at enterprise, but you can go, you, you can go out now and spend 50k euro and buy a pretty neat procure to pay system or contract management suite that will that, that that will punch above its weight for for businesses in this sector if you're you know 2 300 million dollar or euro business there is software out there that can very much fulfill your needs in in that area but i think you hit the nail on the head when you said that they often have enough headcount across the department, but they have the wrong headcount and they have too many operational people. If you were to implement one of the platforms that, that I just alluded to that you could go out and buy for, for 50k and it would do it would do a perfectly good job for, for a mid-market business, do you generally find that there is the willingness, even if they don't have the skills currently, do you generally find that these operational buyers do you have the willingness to adopt a more strategic mindset or do we then come into the challenge of, okay, you can bring in a digital tool to free up time and resource, but then then you hit the brick wall of, uh, of the problem with securing the right talent to be able to adapt to those new, new ways of working? Yes. <laughs> what I see... What I see very often is that the companies have like operational people and they, the CPO or the CEO or whatever they think they just, they are not able to do strategic tasks. But if you talk to them, you should see what they, they are able to. And if you see that they are willing to, because that's, I mean, I mean, the most important point that they are willing to do strategic tasks, which is much more important than uh, having the knowledge and perhaps not be willing. So what I see is, what I often see is that there are people in operational procurement that are, um, really motivated to to do strategic parts or strategic tasks and then you just have to support them by trainings coaching or whatever i think it's uh, it's not that the the operational people are just too well i wouldn't say dump but that they, they don't, do not have the knowledge to do strategic uh, procurement um it's it's more often that they just doing the job for since 5 years or 10 years and everyone just thinks that he or she 
is not able to do strategic procurement because they don't have a CV saying, I have been a strategic procurement guy since 10 years. Um, but that's, and it, it, especially in, in the, in nowadays where it's very hard to get any talents, uh, or uh, the right talents, um, you need to see whether your people are doing operational tasks, um, if they are able to do strategic procurement. Because it's better to give them a new task in strategic procurement, uh, help help them for their uh, personal development. Uh, they will be motivated. They will stay like the next couple of years because they got a chance to do a strategic procurement. Um, so I think the the um, it shouldn't be too hard to find people within operational procurement who are able to do strategic procurement. You just have to give them a chance. I 100% agree with you. It's a mindset thing rather than a skills thing in most cases. Uh, and yeah, I wholeheartedly echo that, especially in today's marketplace where it is difficult, especially with the pressure on salaries to find to find good people with the right experience. And if, like you say, if you've got good, trustworthy, reliable employees that are, that just need a bit of training and coaching to change their mindset of, how to think within a business situation, I suspect it's a lot easier to do that than it is to go out and recruit a whole new team and, and bring them in, not to mention the cost of doing it. Yeah, I would, I would just say, just think of the cost. I mean, if you, if you get a SRM system for like 50,000 euros or dollars, um, you will not get a strategic procurement guy for 50,000 50, euros or dollars. It's not possible. So if you are able to, do, to free up like one guy in operational procurement, and give them some trainings and help him developing. And then you, you save a lot of money. So at the end, you save money on your personal budget because you need, uh, or labor budget because you need less people in operational procurement. You can free them up and um, send them to strategic procurement. So they will help your company improve your EBIT. So at the end, less costs, uh, and of, and also a better EBIT. So using digital software, it's a, for me, it's a no-brainer. It should be like you, every procurement department should use it. Even if you only have like five guys or five guys in procurement. It's, for me, it's a no-brainer because it's so easy nowadays. We are not living in 2002 where e-procurement was a little bit harder. Uh, but now you have so many uh, procurement software tools, so many solutions, and the people are, are living like in a digital world. In their private life, they do everything with WhatsApp or whatever. So for them, it's normal. And if you see then the younger guys, like the Generation Z, they are used to do everything in a digital way. They don't want to come to a company that is using paper. Why should they? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Not attract, you will not, this, this is also another um, advantage of digital software. If you, you will not attract young people with like old processes, they will just, yeah, go away after one week. So if you if you show them that you have like an automized procurement process, you use digital solutions, you will also, um, the chance or the possibility that you have like, uh, you will get like new talents, it's much higher. So there are only advantages, well, except of the costs, but all the others are like, so for me, it's a no-brainer. Every procurement department should use digital solutions nowadays. So where does the change need to come from, Hans? Is it because you mentioned in one of your earlier answers that often the CEOs in these companies have come from, has, have come from sales or, or perhaps finance, maybe if former CFOs too. So 
does procurement need to do this from the bottom up or, or will we never succeed doing that alone? And does the CEO need some education around what procurement can bring to the table as well? Do, do, do maybe industry associations need to do a bit more in terms of networking with CEOs to make them understand the benefit that a strategic procurement team can bring their organization? Yeah, that's not an easy question because... Normally, the CPO, they, he should push it. He should push it. But I see many CPOs that are not strong enough. So they, they are not, they do not have the position uh, within the company to just decide uh, that they get a new uh, digital solution. And they don't have the budget um, because they, they didn't convince their bosses, who is like most of the CEO or the COO. So I think you need to do both. First of all, you need CPOs who are strong enough who are able to convince the management team that procurement is, is important, important, that we have, we in procurement have a big impact on the company habit. And if you are able, so doing self-marketing for your, for yourself, for your procurement, if you are able to really show the benefit of procurement, then it's much easier to get a budget. That's what I always did. Because I, I knew that when, when the, with my, my CEO, knows how important procurement is and how big the impact on the EBIT is, I always got my budget for new people, for digital solutions. But on the other side, we also need to involve the CEOs and tell them what procurement is able to do. Because if the CPO is not strong enough, you need companies to do it. Because no one else will do it. No technical manager, engineering no logistic manager, no manufacturing manager will tell the CEO how important the procurement is. <laughs> and they want saying we need digital processes. Now, it should be the procurement guy. And if he or she is not strong enough or is not good in self-marketing, then we need like either the procurement tech companies or some other organizations like uh, VDMA or BME or something to convince those CEOs or tell them how important procurement is. Because then it's much easier. If the CEOs, if they understand it, then they will normally just uh, give the budget because they know how good it is to have like optimized processes. And they all want to have a good habit. At the end, the companies, they want to have a, uh, a good habit and a good cash flow. So that's coming a lot from procurement. So you need people who are able to do tasks that focus on habit. And these are strategic guys. So you need people to have free time or enough time to focus on that. So at the end, your answer or my answer would be both. The CPOs, they should push it. They should be strong enough to convince the management team. But you also need external companies, uh, organizations convincing or telling the CEOs how important procurement is. Otherwise, you will always fight with those procurement guys who will say, yes, I know it's important, but I don't have a budget. And the CEO will say, uh, I have the budget, but I, it's not important. So you have to bring them all together. Yeah, the end, the endless cycle. Couldn't agree with you more. Hans, I'm just conscious of the time and we better wrap this up. So uh, if there's a place that we can send anyone that's listening that would like to learn more about Procurement Excellence Group, where should we send them? Yeah, just send it. Uh, yeah, you can send it to my, to my email address to um, boot, like B-O-O-T, and then at P-E group. Dot info. Okay, and we will link to that in the show notes. Oh, LinkedIn, Hans Board. But I think you would link to me. Yeah, you can link me in, in uh, on LinkedIn, just Hans Board. 
Okay, Hans, it's been a pleasure. Always good to catch up. Very and uh, yeah, always enjoy these conversations. Yes. We're, uh, we're, coming from, we're coming at this from a, from, from a similar wavelength. So uh, great to chat to you again. And, uh, and yeah, good luck. Catch up again soon. Yeah, thanks. And I hope is we, we don't have the same issue 10 years in the next 10 years. So uh, after 20 years, when I go and uh, stop working, I, I hope that every procurement department has like a, a digital process uh, or operational processes. So thank you very much. Uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, and see you uh, soon. Amen. So that was Hans from Procurement Excellence Group. Thank you very much for listening to the show. Don't forget, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review because it helps us to reach more people. And I would love to get your thoughts and comments anyway of what you think of the podcast. Until next week, same time, same place. Take care wherever you are in the world. And bye for now.